Hello, this is Reb Brad, and this is the From the Touchline podcast. For the next several weeks, the podcast is going to look, feel, and sound a bit different. I don't know where you live, but for many here in the United States, the season of consumermess has begun. Consumermess, a made-up word, is a replacement word for Christmas. Because the truth is, Christmas has been replaced by a frenzy of retail trying to capitalize on a season of spending. Beginning November 15, the Orthodox and Celtic Christian traditions observe the season of Advent. This gives us 40 days before Christmas. I've found that the intentionality around this time of year can help provide a bit of an antidote to the consumermess and the hollow feelings that accompany this time of year. You see, the truth is, we are waiting for something more than opening packages from friends and family on Christmas Day. We're waiting for a Messiah, a Savior. It is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Since the 8th century, the church has been singing the O Antiphons. An antiphon is a short sentence sung or recited before or after a psalm or canticle. The O Antiphons are so named as each line begins with an O. Perhaps the most famous of these are the words and verse which begins, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Altogether, there are seven antiphons. They are typically said or sung in the evening of the week leading up to Christmas Day, but for our intents and purposes, we will learn and hear one each week. I'll give a short reflection, followed by the antiphon said and then sung. I pray that this time helps you and me to slow down, to savor the season, to reflect on our need for a Savior, and to let the cry of our hearts echo these words of old. We begin right after this. As we look at the second Advent Antiphon this week, the words take us back deep into the nation of Israel's history. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Israel had been on the move for three months. After years of being held in slavery in Egypt, they had finally been released from captivity. But then they were pursued by Pharaoh and his armies, and miraculously, they crossed the Red Sea into safety. Now they arrive on the doorstep of the desert at Mount Sinai. God thus far has taken care of their daily needs, food, water, though not without some grumbling and complaining. But it's here at Mount Sinai that God gives Moses the law, the Torah, the Ten Commandments, But it takes some time. Moses is up on the mountain for some 40 days and 40 nights, and the people get antsy. They get nervous. They're wondering, where is God? Where is Moses? They think Moses has abandoned them. They are impatient. They want leadership. 
they want a god to call their own. So they end up making a golden calf as an idol, and they get crazy. You know, it doesn't take us long, does it? We struggle with waiting. We want results immediately. We want a God, but a God we can control. A God that we can see. A God that we can name. A God that we can tame. Aaron's words about the people then are true of us today. He tells Moses, You know how prone these people are to evil. It was a dark day for Israel that day. Moses and Joshua had to get the people under control. The people hadn't even seen the commands of God, and yet they were breaking them, and they were to be held accountable for what they had done. Here's the thing, my friend. This Advent Antiphon reminds us that might and strength are guarded and guided by the law. Think about it for a minute. The beautiful game. Is it more or less beautiful with the rules that surround it? I was watching a match the other week. A footballer went in with what was deemed as a dangerous challenge, a reckless tackle. They had won the ball, and maybe we should believe that the player was somehow vindicated, but after reviewing the footage, it was obvious that the position and force of the challenge could have severely injured the opposing player. Power and strength, especially human power and strength, must necessarily have law and governance. God, in ancient times, gave to his people commands, rules, regulations, not to stifle them, not to be a killjoy, not to put a damper on things, but for flourishing, for preservation, for life. My friends, in the same way that you and I must respect and follow and observe the laws of the game of football, we must respect and follow the laws and commands of God for life. And we don't do this out of fear of reprisal, but on the basis of love. Realizing the law is given as God's love shown to us. And for us, showing love back to God becomes a response. As we follow and keep the laws of the beautiful game, we take an active part in helping to retain its beauty, its majesty, its awesomeness. When we cheat the game or when we cut corners and disrespect the rules and spirit of the game, we, we cheapen the game. It becomes something akin to that day when Moses came down the mountain and saw people who were out of control in a laughingstock. And when we don't follow the laws and commands of God, the same might be said for our lives. Friends, let me encourage you. Keep the commands of God. Learn what His will is and flourish. Tap into the strength of the Lord of might. O Adonai and leader of Israel, you appeared to Moses in a burning bush and gave him the law on Sinai. O come and save us with your mighty power. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel.